And Mike, take it away. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mike Alexander with Lion Strategy Group. Uh, this morning, we wanted to spend a little time with each of you to talk about anxiety. <laughs> if you don't talk it out, uh, you act it out. We have a, a great lineup for you this morning. We have uh, Dr. Jackie Francis, who will be with us this morning. Uh, we also have Megan Miller, who is a uh, functional nurse practitioner. We also have Dr. Hank Sykes, who is a mental scientist and a behavior psychologist. The premise this morning of this uh, presentation is really around anxiety. It's like a running commentary in our heads. Anxiety draws us into a downward spiral. We often need outside help to break in in order to report our steps. So this morning, you're going to hear from three professionals. They're going to all talk about the causes of anxiety from their own perspective. They're also going to talk about effects of anxiety. And each of them will also give us some solutions uh, to anxiety, to take control of our thoughts, because that's where all of it starts, is uh, with our thoughts. Um, if there are questions uh, at the very end of this presentation, um, just unmute yourself. You should see a mute button on your screen. Just unmute yourself and ask your quest question. There will be a question and answer session at the very end. Let me first introduce our first speaker this morning. Uh, as I stated, she comes in the form of Dr. Jackie Francis. She completed her PhD in American Studies at the University of Texas at Austin and is a scholar of African-American history and women and gender studies. Her research and community engagement focused on gender-based violence, critical race theory, and the influence of holistic wellness practices such as yoga and meditation on historically marginalized communities. In addition to working at a, as a corporate development specialist at the Safe Alliance in Austin, Texas, Dr. Smith Francis regularly writes and provides training for organizations on unconscious bias, anti-violence practices and healing and trauma-informed health practices. I'm gonna stop sharing my screen and introduce you to our first speaker, Dr. Jackie Smith. Also, if you're not speaking at the moment, um, please mute your, uh, put, turn on the mute button so that we could hear everyone. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Mr. Alexander, Mike Alexander, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and present and to share with each of you um, about how we can really think about anxiety within our communities, um, the opportunity to take inventory, have a collective conversation on the impact of COVID-19 and the ways in which it personally affects us. And so individual kind of repercussions of anxiety and changing environments 
but also the impact on the family, the community, and really what I will look at today is the nation state, the United States and its impact. And so thinking about anxiety and trauma from a collective perspective. Um, I'm so honored and grateful to be able to participate in this esteemed conversation and to be a part of what I think is a growing movement in the United States to really address mental health, right? And to address holistic wellness practices and the ways in which we are not only a mind or body um, or a spirit, but we are all of those things and the need to integrate those things in very holistic and mindful ways. I'm so grateful to the Lion Strategy Group for uh, creating this opportunity to have this conversation and to be able to work with my esteemed panelists, nurse practitioner Megan Miller and Dr. Hank Seitz, um, who are amazing wealth and behavioral practitioners who really work on the day-to-day -day impact on anxiety and how we can train, change and create um, different health outcomes for each of us. And so I think we're all really aware of the significance of COVID-19. I think we can look back to um, the ways in which this virus has changed our entire world, right? Um, I remember for me, it started off with a kind of growing consciousness around, okay, there's a health concern and it's happening um, in places like China. And then it was happening in individual areas like parts of Europe and Italy, and we're watching um, in the United States moments where we see um, the Vatican shutting down and concerns about traveling and transportation issues. And I think for those of us who, um, I'm coming out of Texas, out of Austin, it was really significant to see the ways in which our universities changed, right? We started having conversations around UT Austin and um, St. Edwards and Houston Tillerson about whether or not it was safe to have college students in these kind of close quarters. And then we kind of go to a place in which we all of a sudden are sheltering in place. And that created tremendous, tremendous impact and changes. We went from one day being able to drop off our kids at school. We took for granted uh, the takeout meals that we had, going to the grocery store to just pick up a few items. And all of a sudden those daily practices really became anxiety provoking events. If I go outside my home, am I going to possibly get sick? Um, what happens to um, a friend or a loved one who maybe is in the senior category or has um, an immune concern that might greater expose them to the virus? And so really, this conversation is opening up the space to talk about how our landscape has changed and the ways in which not only it's changed, but how we can be mindful and intentional about the way that we think about it and not so much to scare us, or to live in a place of fear, but to make more informed, healthy, and mindful decisions about how we navigate. And I think I love this infographic that came from Psychology Today to the left, where it has the woman sweating, the clock is in the background, she has her phone, the coffee, she's typing, she's calculating probably some bills. And I think in this current landscape, many of us feel like that. We are multitasking everything, mm. right? From kids to health concerns and priorities to, okay, what time is my grocery delivery going to be ready? Can they deliver it? Why is my Amazon package delayed? These really daily stressors, right? 
And I think the beauty of this conversation and us really coming together in this collective moment is to talk about um, not only that this is a collective challenge, right? So it impacts us individually and impacts our family units and impacts our faith communities where we work out at the gym, um, different social spaces, but also really the ways in which we can think about healing and how not only healing from the inside out in terms of who we are individually or in our families, but also within our community. And I think that's really important um, as we begin to move forward. I think one of the interesting things that came out in um, a study that was done by Kaiser Family Foundation um, in the latter part of, part of March was really that so many U.S. individuals, individuals living within the United States felt that the coronavirus had really significantly disrupted, if not a lot, to some degree, a part of their lives. And I think what this shows us is the widespread um, difficulty that we've had in terms of negotiating some of these challenges. But I think it also presents us with an amazing opportunity to practice resilience and to really look around and see how empowered and amazing we are in being able to offer varying solutions. So one of the things that I think is really important, and as a trained historian, one of the ways that I approach thinking about COVID-19 is really through a lens of history. I'm trained as an historian, and I very much see this particular experience in the eyes of a larger historical narrative around the United States. And by that, I mean, if we can think back to the previous weeks in which we first began the shelter in place before it was lifted in certain parts of the United States, when we were all trying to figure out, okay, what is going to be the impact of this virus? I think we can also consider other significant moments in which the nation really struggled with very challenging things. Um, the first image on to my left is an image of the 9-11 memorial. I think all of us, can look back if we're old enough and remember where we were when someone either told us about 9-11 or we saw images of the towers or we experienced some kind of connection in which we understood what had happened in New York. The same thing for I think Sandy Hook, right? This is an image of the memorial and I think it really challenged really important political conversations around gun violence, mental health and wellness, the safety of our schools. Um, not to date myself, but I think in this current age, schools now have metal detectors, police officers. For those of us who were in the school K through 12 system prior to Sandy Hook, that wasn't a world that we really were familiar with. The same thing with 9-11. I'm kind of frustrated even now, and it's been years ago, that when I go to the airport, I can't bring my own water bottle. Right? And those are things that every time I fly, right, I think about that 9-11 changed that. And I know that's for the safety and well-being of all citizens, but that was a fundamental daily embodied movement or practice that we no longer do as a result of a catastrophic and significant event in our country. And I think the same thing can be said for um, Katrina and also Hurricane Harvey, that's the last image. 
that caused significant psychic emotional stress, not only to the regions that were significantly impacted by Hurricane Harvey, but also for all of us, even if we were not directly impacted, we were impacted in terms of um, having an outsider's perspective of watching the trauma and watching that type of um, really intense difficulty and the feelings of helplessness, right? Of what can I do in order to change the situation? And, and one of the things that I love about each of these scenarios is that we also see incredible resiliency come out, right? We have the images of the firefighters and the first responders um, moving and removing people out of the buildings and keeping them safe. We had the stepping up of mental health professionals in all three of these avenues and the same along with COVID, right? We have our community coming together to figure out strategies on how we can survive and thrive. And that's an important part of also what I want to highlight, that although as a nation we have experienced incredible loss, difficulty, and hardships, we are resilient and we are amazing. And it's important for us to live in that space of empowerment and to find very active solutions, both from a kind of global macro level, but also from a micro level in our own backyard in terms of how we can survive and thrive in the midst of these challenges. One of the things that I really wanna to highlight too in my current role and over 15 years, I've been working in various aspects of violence prevention, intervention, and education. And I think this UN infographic is really important in terms of how it highlights the kind of shadow causes or impacts, if you will, of the COVID-19 crisis, right? So we not only had that immediate crisis of like, oh my gosh, how did I not prioritize toilet paper, right? Or rubbing alcohol, like why did I not have more? Um, and literally we're like bartering and trading bleach or other basic necessities that I think five months from now we would have taken for granted, right? Like how many of us really stocked up on sanitizer um, and, and thought that we would ever have that need? And so one of the other things that's really important and when we take a kind of more bird's eye micro level look, and we're surveying the land and the ways in which this impacts the United States, but also each of us locally in our family units. It's really important too, to look at the impact of families. And one of the things that I love about history is that we see the United States as a type of family, the nation state, every country has its own culture and subcultures within it. Um, and the family is a microcosm of that larger United States culture, right? Based on where we're from, our region determines what we eat, how we talk, how we wear our hair. And all of those different things are aspects of our identity. And they impact the way that we experience and understand anxiety and trauma. And one of the things that's really significant and that I know as a result of working at SAFE, but also from doing this work many years, is that we know statistically in moments of national crisis, right? Family violence increases. We have evidence, um, I was reading in the Journal of Forensic International Medicine, and it was talking about looking at other events like the eruption of Mount St. Helens the fires of Australia, Hurricane Katrina, all of these different scenarios in which people lost jobs, experienced economic instability, um, 
a heightened sense of concern around health and well-being. Will my family be safe? Will I be able to make a living? Also significantly impacted the family unit. And I think it's important to highlight that oftentimes violence against individuals and families and interpersonal violence in general, especially for women and girls, is very pervasive and oftentimes underreported. Um, we know that statistically, um, most rapes, sexual assaults, child abuse, and other forms of family violence aren't reported. Um, and that's for a whole host of reasons, oftentimes many of which have to deal with complex trauma and anxiety. And I think it's also, if you look to the left of the infographic, really important to see that this is not only a phenomenon that's happening in the United States, right? But it's actually worldwide, from Singapore to parts of Canada, Germany and Europe, Argentina and other spaces are reporting higher incidents of domestic violence. Um, and one of the things that I think is really important, giving that kind of more localized view as it relates to me living in Texas, I really want to spotlight the SAFE Alliance. And the SAFE Alliance is a local organization in Austin, Texas, that's been around for about 45 years in some iteration or form. And we serve survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, commercial exploitation, human trafficking, and also child abuse. And we serve those survivors at any stage of survivorship. And one of the things that I really highlight about SAFE is its holistic approach to violence prevention, education, and intervention. And one of the things I think it does is it provides us as a model that we can use not only within our families, but even something to think about how our nation can move toward a model that not only seeks to intervene in particular situations like the Corona-19 crisis, right? So how do we find people and provide immediate shelter and safety for individuals who've lost their homes or no longer are out of jobs? How do we make sure that there are enough tests? How do we protect ourselves and our loved ones? Um, things like that, but also healing. Healing is a key component of who the Safe Alliance is. And so we offer therapeutic services, individual and group counseling, but we also understand that trauma, anxiety, depression are part of a stage and process and that they aren't immediately ameliorated. They take time, but they also can be helped by being introspective and acknowledging the actual real issues. And that's part of why this conversation is so important today, to talk about what's really happening. Because when we acknowledge what is our reality, we can then use tools and create strategies to help us with that. And SAFE is an excellent model of that. And I don't just say that because I work there. <laughs> um, but the other thing that's also really important is prevention and education. And the SAFE Alliance really prides itself on how do we stop cycles of violence. And I think part of this conversation is also about how do we move to a place in which we no longer see violence or that when we are met with difficult circumstances like COVID-19, we know how to respond with resilience. And I pull up this quote, which I absolutely love. It's by um, the late poet, author, writer, Maya Angelou. And it says, my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive, excuse me. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and to do so, even right there with passion, some compassion, some humor for all of our mistakes and foils, and also some style. And I think as I prepare to pass it over to my colleague, I want us to think about this beautiful petal, right? 
the colors, the vibrancy, and it really represents all these aspects of our life. And so I want to ask each of you today, how can we maybe pick a petal? I'm not saying do all the petals today or all the petals in the next week, right? That's not mindfulness. That's not realistic. But really think about, okay, if my social situation is really hard because maybe I live alone or I'm isolated from my coworkers because I'm now working offsite, how can I bring some passion into another area of my life that's then going to help me be passionate in another area? How can I enrich my emotional health at this time? Maybe it's by joining a recovery group or thinking about um, how I can begin walking with a neighbor. Even if we walk and we're just FaceTiming each other to see each other's beautiful environments, right? How can I maybe use this time to work on some bills, right? Um, and not from an anxious standpoint, but from a standpoint of let me give myself some compassion. I'm doing the best that I can. But there's also some moments for me to add some grace, some gratitude, and to really improve and strengthen those areas and networks where I'm already trudging along, but maybe can even do a little better. And I want to remind us too, as we think about introspectively, how we can begin to survive and thrive and give ourselves the unique style and compassion that we add, that each of us have, right? That each of us have in our various talents and areas to also remember our resiliency and that we are more than capable. Um, from our first responders and our frontline individuals who have kept us all going uh, to like the young lady at the my left who was just absolutely amazing and sold and made all of these different, well, gave them away, she made them, sewn, um, all these different handmade masks to our frontline staff. And I think it's important to highlight these images of resiliency, of empowerment, that even in the midst of national difficulties and anxiety, we are more than capable of surviving and thriving and doing so with some grace and some style and some pizzazz. And so I thank you guys for this opportunity and time. I now would like to introduce my esteemed colleague, nurse practitioner, Megan Miller. Um, she, and I would like to just quickly read her bio. Megan is a sought-after healthcare provider and innovative healthcare futurist. Some call her a health detective due to her holistic approach. She helps her patients overcome systems, symptoms excuse me, that seem unexplainable to others. She listens, finds answers, and empowers them so that they can stop feeling crazy, alone, and unheard, and get their life back. Megan will make you rethink how to approach your own health, lifestyle and quality of life in today's pharmaceutical drug-driven fast-paced society she has a talent for making the complex easy and the impossible possible she is a functional medicine nurse practitioner and helps you to get to the root cause of whatever is ailing you let's welcome my colleague megan miller okay. i'm going to unshare my screen thank you jackie i am going to share my screen here in just a second Sure. Oh, I think I actually closed. Oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. Technology, we love it and hate it. Share screen. For a long time, 
my first experience of the day was tension. I woke up with it. I felt the accumulation of concerns and anxiety about the coming day or the difficult people that I had to deal with. No matter how well the day went, that anxious feeling never completely went away. I felt it in my gut. My digestive issues got worse. I was exhausted and I felt pain everywhere. My body just hurt. I couldn't think straight or make decisions and I became quite irritable. My relationship with my husband, my kids, other family members and friends was all going downhill. I had trouble falling asleep. And then when I finally did, I would wake up in the middle of the night like a little toddler thinking it was time to play. My body just felt beat up and I felt like I was losing my mind. People kept telling me, just relax. So I hid it even more. I felt alone and I knew I was isolating myself, but I couldn't get out of it on my own. I want you to meet Danielle, not her real name or her real picture. She was in a very dark place when she first came to see me. And this was after years of waking up feeling like she never even went to bed and fearing that if she didn't get help, she was really gonna lose herself and her life as she knew. She knew that something was off, yet she was told everything was normal and nobody was listening to her. She felt like she was just withering away. And at the end of one of her visits, she told me, I won't do it, but I just need to tell you that I've had some pretty horrible thoughts of just ending my life. So my name is Megan Miller. I'm a family nurse practitioner from, graduated from Georgetown University. I'm a holistic health coach. I practice mind-body medicine, and I specialize in getting to the root cause of hormonal imbalances and digestive issues for men and women. I was a first responder for 10 years. I'm an army veteran and my husband is a first responder and I have three kids, 17, almost 11 and 18 months. <laughs> Just wanna welcome you to a little talk on overcoming stress and anxiety, a holistic approach. Over 90% of visits to primary care are due to Yes, stress, stress-related issues. The number one complaint in the United States, fatigue. And the leading cause of disability between the ages of 15 to 45 is depression. And the most common mental illness in the United States, I bet you can all guess, is anxiety. It is the most common, as a matter of fact, one in eight Americans suffers from anxiety. One in 10 American women take anti-anxiety or antidepressant drugs, and the use of these drugs has nearly tripled in the last decade. Rates are rising for men as well. And many hide it because it's embarrassing to admit it, especially if you're a first responder, a counselor, healthcare provider, or your job demands strength, courage, being in charge, or helping others.
And sometimes you wait until you feel like you're drowning to finally get help. Or someone forces you to get help. Overwhelming schedules, health problems, financial pressures, and societal upheaval, societal upheavals are just getting worse. And now we have this global pandemic to add to our plates. And many of us are experiencing or have experienced trauma, which is compounding it even more. Eventually, it's gonna become less affordable to, do, to wait and to, to do something about it until something serious happens. Stress and anxiety become chronic because people don't know how to release it. And then it leads to addictions because they provide temporary relief from obsessive thoughts. And addictions don't just include drugs and alcohol. Food addiction is a very, very real thing. And we all know what that leads to, weight gain, depression, diabetes, et cetera, and so much more. And the more you experience anxiety and negative emotions, the more they become etched in as an automatic response to stressful thoughts and feelings. So negative thoughts and feelings take over and this becomes your norm. You feel like you're not stressed because this is what you're used to. You can become so used to these anxious feelings that it doesn't feel natural not to have them. And it starts by projecting worst case scenarios of what might happen, which is perceived stress. Fear or worry then can pop out with the tiniest trigger, especially when you're tired or worn down. One feeling or thought leads to another, then another, and you're all wound up in this anxiety loop, completely distraught or angry about what might happen. Your mind is in overdrive and it drains your energy and you think about it and you think about it. And the more you think about it, the more you worry about it and the more you think about it, it's just a vicious cycle. Just the stress of daily life is constantly activating our stress response system and triggering a constant state of fight or flight, which is only meant to be temporary. Our stress system is not really designed well for this chronic, low-level, persistent stressors that we face on a daily basis. So when we remain in this fight or flight mode throughout the day, it shuts down other systems like digestion. And we remain into, in this mode even into the night. And of course, it interrupts our sleep. Anxiety keeps our body our body flooded with these stress hormones that drain your energy and your focus, which can also make you irritable, impatient, quick to anger, and lead to self-judgment, which then leads to guilt and depression. This cascade of a negative emotion stirs up problems in your automatic nervous system, which controls 90% of your body's involuntary functions and is why you may experience things such as tension in your chest, shortness of breath, panic, rapid heartbeat, dizziness, sweating, shaking, body pain. It disrupts your hormone, other hormones and causes things such as fatigue, irritability, moody, moodiness, weight gain, brain fog, insomnia, hot flashes, low libido, and it also wreaks havoc on your digestive system and cause, can cause irritable bowel syndrome, diarrhea, constipation, abdominal pain, reflux, and or bloating. So what makes you anxious anyways? Well, at the root of it is fear. 
which arises when our security or our stability is threatened. It's just a sense of feeling out of control. And fear is designed to warn you of danger. But 95% of the time, or maybe even more, that danger is not real. And what you are afraid might happen does not actually happen. If fear were like a pat of butter, anxiety would be like spreading it with a knife. Anxiety is spiraling out of control and so many, for so many of us, and it's, it's not being addressed in a way that creates healing. We talked about fear being at the root, but there are four main triggers that lead to dysfunction of our stress response system. Perceived stress. What you think you are stressed about, you become stressed about. And there are four main components that determine the magnitude of this stress response. And uh, one mnemonic for this is nuts. The novelty of the event, the unpredictable nature of the event, the threat, which is perceived to the body or your ego and your sense of control. Generally, psychological stress is more harmful because there's less sense of control and it lasts much longer. The second one is inflammation in general but especially in your gut. Even if you have no perceived stress, this inflammation is still acting as a stressor in your body. So remember, your gut is where 80% of your immune system lives and 95% of serotonin is produced. That is about 400 times more than in the brain. So when there's fire in the gut, there is fire in the brain. And then we have hormonal imbalances, especially including blood sugar problems. It doesn't just mean diabetes. Insulin is actually a very, very important hormone that is rarely tested. It spikes and it spikes and drops in insulin and in blood sugar can wreak havoc on your body and your health, causing increased belly fat, sugar cravings, fatigue, and others, which is also linked to other hormonal imbalances uh, and can cause things as act, like acne, facial hair in women, infertility, painful periods, thyroid problems, so many things on this chart. It's dizzying to look at it sometimes. So one example of a hormone that can get out of whack is progesterone. It's the first hormone to go in women causing lighter sleep, anxiety, panic attacks, mood swings, irritability, breast and ovarian cysts, fibroids, heavy bleeding, everything on this slide, but it's also a natural antidepressant. The third or the final thing is circadian disruption. So our, we have a natural curve of cortisol, which should be higher in the morning to help us feel awake and lower at night to help us fall asleep. And that's when our melatonin rises, which is at night. This circadian rhythm is another epidemic that's really not commonly recognized. And it just means too much exposure to artificial light at night and not enough exposure to natural light during the day. Other things that contribute to it are jet lag and shift work and, um, and caffeine, things like that. But it's all over the place. I've seen some patients where uh, the cortisol is nearly flatlined or low in the morning and high at night, and they wonder why they're so, so tired in the morning and so wide awake at night, and that's a good indication of why. Cortisol is our main stress hormone, and the underlying cause of many thyroid disorders, such as adrenal dysfunction, 
is also directly related to stress and to cortisol. So you may be wondering, well, what the heck do I do? Where do I start? And I love Beaker. <laughs> well, let's start with talking about the standard of care. The problem is we're basically trained to diagnose a disease and then find a ph pharmaceutical drug or drugs to match up with that disease and send you on your way. And then wait till you come back so we can uh, re-prescribe you that drug and probably another one because now you're experiencing more side effects. So we need to cover those up and then we cover those up and then we cover those up and we fail to look at the person sitting right in front of us saying, I still feel this and I still feel that. Okay, but here's the drug of choice for your disease. So it's really important that you find somebody to really, really listen to you and treat you as a person and not a chart or a number. And comprehensive, treat, comprehensive testing, such as a full hormone panel, thyroid markers are not being tested enough. Um, look and see what's going on in your gut. Get a stool test. Look at your cortisol levels, four points throughout the day. Are you having some vitamin and nutrition, nutrient deficiencies that are contributing to your anxiety? Um, all of these things really play a role and there's a huge connection between the gut and the brain. You cannot transform negative emotions and learn, to, well, it's another thing about is creating old habits, taking old habits and creating new habits. So we have three brains. Our head, our heart, and our gut. And you might think that's a little crazy, but think about this. How many of you have said, I have, I have a gut feeling or my heart is telling me. And I feel like we are list, we, we say those things more often than we say, well, my brain's telling me to do this. Our heart tells us, our gut tells us, but when all three are in a line, there's absence of doubt. So when you ask your head, your heart, and your gut the same question, listen to what they're saying and you have your answer. Um, I don't know if we have time to do this. I'm just going to tell you about this <laughs> um, four, seven, eight breathing technique. Um, if you Google it, four, seven, eight breathing, Andrew Weil, um, this is him. He looks like Santa Claus. It's a wonderful, wonderful breathing technique. It's just breathing in for the count of four. So you got to get a really deep breath in and I imagine smelling the roses, hold your breath for a count of seven. And while you do that, remember to relax your shoulders, relax your jaw, and you wanna forcefully blow out for a count of eight, like you're blowing out candles. But if you Google that, you'll see it, he'll come up and he'll show you exactly how to do that breathing method. It is pretty amazing. So you can't transform your negative emotions until you actually learn to admit that what you are feeling and how your body is responding. And by this simple act, admitting to the feeling, worry, anxiety, frustration, anger, hurt, resistance, numbness, or just something vague, you slow down the emotional energy. Ask for help and recognize that you are strong for doing so. Don't forget that little emotions are the great captains of our lives. And I'll leave you with this. Give yourself permission to feel whatever you need to feel. And remember that your body hears everything that your mind says. If you listen to your body when it whispers, 
you will not have to hear it scream. And one more thing, be smart enough to know when you need help and brave enough to ask for it. Thank you so much for listening. That was a lot of information in a little bad amount of time. Um, but if you would like to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. I do have a Facebook group for men and women, hormones and gut health for women, hormones and gut health for men. My Facebook page is Megan Miller FNP. If you'd like to connect direct, directly with me, I do offer one-on-one -on -one consultations for those of you in Texas. And um, I have a women's masterclass that's starting June 7th, I think that is. So um, you can also email or text. And thanks again so much for being here. Uh, this is a really tough topic for to talk about and to um, be present in. So just know that you are not alone in anything that you are feeling or experiencing. Your emotions are real and, um, and it's okay to feel that way. So I'm going to turn it over to a super fun guy to take you to a whole new happy place, Dr. Hank Seitz. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Megan. I sure appreciate uh, you and I just love on hearing about the three uh, minds and it's it's really good for us to think about hey you know to listen and these are some just great solutions for all of us to uh, to be able to have and uh, let me put this up here and there we go. So, uh, and then also I want to uh, thank Dr. Francis, and these are just two amazing resources along with Mike and Mike from Alliance Strategy Group that uh, they really just are people with heart, have lots of knowledge, and uh, can help all of you individually, your families, as well as uh, your organizations to help you become your greatest possible. And in fact, that's what my soul's purpose is, is to help everyone, myself and everyone else, to uh, for all of us to become our greatest possibility. And, you know, we heard Dr. Francis talk about these times that, you know, just don't think when we open up uh, the, uh, the U.S. that everything's okay then, that actually there's a lot of people and a lot of us, if you will, that have anxiety. And for us to be aware of that and to, to realize that. And then we heard, you know, Nurse Megan talk about all those different things that, that impact us on our feelings and our emotions and our gut and our entire system. And so I come bringing good news, though, for you that uh, that is currently we've had lots of changes in the world. But the good news is that this change can bring opportunities for you and can bring you a better life. And I'm going to, in just a few minutes, show you literally the three easy steps to a better life. And so this is the solution. And the reason why you've been here is you've been praying for, hey, I want a solution. And so here's a solution for you. I've helped thousands of people. I'm a mental science, uh, scientist, behavioral psychologist, and I've helped thousands of people, hundreds of organizations to include first responders and um, as well as frontline responders. And for those of you that are first responders and frontline responders, we all thank you from all of us to you. We thank you for your service and everything that you have done and are doing and will continue to do for us and our families.
And so let's get right into it. And it's just exciting that that we literally, this is according to all of science now has agreed on it. So it's just not Dr. Hank's opinion, if you will. But the fact is that we have powerful thoughts, each one of them, and according to neuroscientists, microbiologists, quantum physicists, all of them, all of science disciplines within about the last five years have recognized that everything starts with your powerful thought. So for you and your experience, so for example, in the last three months, I have had just a joyous, joyous time. I have just flowed with life and been at one with all that is, if you will, and just flowed into this where I looked for the opportunities and I was able to find it. And I was able to serve more people, have deeper, more meaningful relationships with my family, with my friends, to meet new people, to be in a position to help more. But it's all because of my powerful thought on being deliberate. And we heard Dr. Francis talk about intentional mindfulness. And so you can see on today's event here, it all is, is tying into on the solution for you and your organization, your family, uh, in order to have it, the future, the way you want it. And you literally can't. So according to the scientists, they say, and that I have proven it with thousands of people and literally millions of things have happened and every day with all of us that everything in our experience starts with our thought. So those things about fear, and I love fear being, uh, that Nurse Megan talked about, I love fear being uh, the, an acronym on false evidence appearing real, right? She said 95% of that fear never really even happens to us. Well, it's just false evidence appearing real. And if you bring up that fear, like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, see, I know exactly what's going to happen in the next moment, tomorrow, next year. And you say, well, how can you know that? And, and it's really easy. It's because I just say everything's going to really be great. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to play out great for me. And because I have just continued to say that and not introduced any doubts into my all-powerful thought, then I get it the way that I think it. And um, I need to. Uh, and so, so we have a, a uh, everything in our experience starts with our thought. And that thought then goes into and creates... Uh, according again to the scientists, that this creates energy. And this is our emotions. That's why it's all tied up together. And that the beautiful thing is that those emotions of fear, worry, or doubt, or whatever, that those fears can go away. They're like a shadow. And with your all-powerful thoughts, thinking about well-being, thinking about love, instead of uh, domestic violence, you change that word up. and You say domestic love. That's where I'm headed, is for domestic love. And when you think about that, it just changes everything. And so, and literally knowing this information is going to change everything for you because you are the creator of your experience with your thoughts. So these thoughts create energy, and then that energy creates matter. In other words, this is where, have you heard, thoughts become things, and they in fact do become things. So I have healed people 
with this virus. I've healed people with uh, having heart attacks. I've healed people with cancer, et cetera, because that dis-ease and all that is, is if we can create ease in our life, we can then create the health that we want, the well-being that naturally flows to us, and all is well. And so thoughts become things because of our powerful thoughts that we have. So the way that I like to term it and, and to help in a very easy way to be able to understand on how we can start changing our lives literally right now. Like if you're feeling bad or if you're feeling mad or angry or whatever, or upset with another person. I loved all those pictures <laughs> that Megan had on, you know, all these people and they're mad, angry and you know, whatever. Well, you can change all that. You literally will start attracting the kind people, the wonderful people, because see every person is alpha to the mega, either, either something really wanted, a person wanted, or really unwanted, and it's up to you. It depends on what your vibration is, your energy is, based on what your thoughts are. So if you have good feeling thoughts, then I guarantee you that you're going to have a better life. In fact, your future is going to blossom like a flower and it's springtime. So let's look at this as our thoughts are the seeds, okay? And we're planting these seeds and then we're going to have this beautiful harvest in our life. And it's going to be filled with health and love and kindness and thoughtfulness and, and more abundance, more prosperity, um, and more laughter. In fact, I would suggest that you write down some of these things now because I'm still and uh, channel directly with all the ideas to give you these perfect thoughts. So I want you to write down, I want to have more fun today. Did you ask that today to have more fun? See, if we aren't deliberately mindful, this deliberate attention, then we won't get it. So, and be general on it. So say things like, I want to have more fun today. I want to laugh more today. And I promise you, God will find ways in order for you to laugh more, okay? I want to smile more today. And as you just start gently and, you know, come to me as meek, those uh, that are meek shall inherit the earth, those meek are those ones that just gently and easily and allow the well-being to flow and allow the thoughts to flow and you'll literally get godly thoughts of you as you have good feeling thoughts. So specifically, what are those thoughts? Those thoughts are anything about what you like, about what you enjoy, thoughts about what you love, what you desire, and what you want. And so to be able to just start thinking in a great way is to just write down because it helps I'm a mental scientist. So I know that by writing it down, it helps to get the mind more focused, more clear, and this clarity is a godly word, more clear on the things that we want. So thoughts about what we like, what we enjoy, what we love, think about, you know, your children or think about like, I love thinking about my grandparents. Now, my grandparents are no longer physically here, but everybody has eternal life. So I just call in, they're like my angels, if you will, and I call in my grandparents 
grandparents. And isn't that a nice thought? Instead of thinking your th grandparents are missing, okay, that you invite them into your life and they literally will help you. And again, you just, uh, to just be easy and whatever thoughts you like, like if you're not ready for that thought, that's okay. Just be easy with yourself and just start thinking about thoughts of how you want it to be. Hey, I want to be healthier. I want to look younger. <laughs> Isn't that a fun one? I want to look younger. That, uh, you know, and most people are saying, oh, I'm looking older. And by the way, a great quote, too, that I had actually page one is whatever you focus your attention on grows. And so it's kind of like us planting these seeds and the water and the sunshine is that focus. And whatever I focus on grows. And so the more that I can focus on the way that I want it to be, that the more I just make it up, if you will, because really literally everything is made up, right? Because it comes from our thought. So if you just start being light on yourself, all of us can just lighten up. And instead of looking at what isn't playing out right now, I want you to look at, in fact, a great exercise is to just write down a, a page, just take one page, 20 items, 10 items, doesn't matter, but what you appreciate, what is playing out right now. For example, you, we all woke up this morning <laughs> okay. And the beauty is we didn't have to tell our heart to beat. We didn't have to tell our bloodstream to flow that all those good oxygen and all those good nutrients throughout our body. You know, we didn't have to do the digest. We didn't have to say it all at all because the father doesn't work. All we need to do is ask. And so when you ask for like better health, that I see myself being healthier. I see, and so some of us have uh, had met family members that have lost their job. This is just a new opportunity. It's a whole wide world out there of opportunities now for you to be able to do something maybe that you like better, that you enjoy more, because wherever your passion is, and earlier we talked about the importance of passion, that wherever your passion is, just go there and all the money and everything will be there and all the service and all the love and the happiness because really we do everything to feel good. Well, if I have good feeling thoughts because those good feeling thoughts raises my vibration to that of my higher self, to God, to the universe, to all that is. And so as I become one, then we all start skipping along our lighted path in life. And, um, and one very good uh, thing to be aware of, and like also watch what you're talking about, uh, watch what you're reading on Facebook and what you're giving a charge, whatever you give a charge to will create, remember it's that energy. And so don't be giving a charge anymore to this virus. I don't even call it a virus, okay? That, that you know, I don't call it the flu, none of that. I just said there's changes in the world and this world is perfect contrast and it is for the, rich get richer, which means, hey, think those good feeling thoughts and don't think about thoughts you cannot control. And so can you control this virus? No, stop thinking about it. Can you control the government, what they're doing? No, stop thinking. But we each have the power to control our thoughts 
And thus our feelings, based on those good feeling thoughts, we get good feelings. And when you do that, you will get more thoughts, one thought, good thought after the next, that will take you to a place of feeling good, to take you to a place that will eliminate all those things that Dr. Francis talked about, all those things that Nurse Megan talked about, all those things go bye-bye when we are able to use our all-powerful thoughts. So this sentence, and you may want to write this down. I actually have the reverse of it also, which I'd actually prefer you to write down. But it's really something that you can't ask for what you don't want. And your asking, your prayer is whatever you're thinking, okay? So you can't say, I don't want to be sick without creating sickness. And so you can't ask for what you don't want and get what you want. But catch this. You can ask for what you want, and you can get what you want. And if you'll just take that and believe that to be true, that it will be true, and you will have everything that you want to be, do, and have, everything will be coming to you more and more, and it'll be a glorious, glorious future for you. So that's step one. It's the most important step as far as it's the starter of everything is your thoughts. These are the simple, easy ways to just start thinking of it. And you really don't even need to monitor your thoughts. Just monitor your emotions. As long as you are, are monitoring your emotions and why are emotions so, so important? Well, the way that we are communicated with to our creator, God, our higher self, whatever word you want to use, whatever meaning, understanding that you have about that, that every moment of every day, we are being guided, loved, and supported through our emotions. When we feel bad, it means we aren't thinking about this as God is, as the universe, as our higher self is. But when we feel good, it means we are thinking about this. We are on our lighted path and we're thinking about this as God is thinking about this. And so if you want to have the, the, all of your dreams come true, you just need to monitor those feelings and make sure you're feeling good. And if you're not, you have the power to take any subject and to think differently about that subject. If you can't, Go take a nap or whatever and think of some other <laughs> subject on it. So step two, that's step one. Step two is the power of your breath. And, you know, uh, Nurse Megan brought up on, on the power of your breath in that uh, uh, four, seven, eight. And that, in fact, we're going to do um, one just real quickly, just to put you up in the clouds, have you flying with your angels here in a second. So the word spirit in the Bible actually means breath. The breath is just so important. It's the fastest way for you to connect with your source, with your creator. Deep breathing raises also your point of attraction where you'll get better thoughts that will create a better life for you and as well as better feelings then. And so the fastest way to connect with your higher self is through your breath. And connecting with your breath will also automatically give you good feeling thoughts. And so I just looked at the time and we are out of time that I do want you to uh, um, breathe with me just for a couple of seconds. And so what I'd like you to do is close your eyes. And when you breathe in, I want you to breathe in for five seconds, real deep, like you're going all the way down to your toes. 
and then breathe out five seconds. So with me, close your eyes, go within and breathe in. Breathe out, breathe in. and relax and i now bless all of you with good feeling thoughts with better feelings a better life with health wealth and success is now yours and then the third step drink lots of water <laughs> your body consists of trillions of cells Millions are passing away each uh, second, millions being born. You want to be able to flush and cleanse your body. And your cells are always seeking and finding perfect health as long as you don't get in the way with these fearful, doubting thoughts. And instead, let's all stand tall now and start calling it the way that we want it. I have a magical sentence, and if you'll write this down 21 times each day, that I guarantee you that you will start to thrive now because it's all about you now thriving with your family, with your business organization, for all of us to start thriving. The doors are open now. Let us open them up wide. You know how to do it. And that magical sentence is, I easily accept better feeling thoughts and I am prepared to thrive now. And when you do that, you will see that it will all of a sudden that you'll start thriving and you'll feel better and you'll attract better people and amazing, big, happy surprises will come to you. So with that, this is Dr. Hank, uh, loving you, thanking you for all of your service and knowing that you now can have the health, wealth, and success that you've been praying for, for your dreams to come true. And now I send it back to Mike and Mike, and thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Hank. Uh, also, Dr. Francis and, Dr. and Nurse uh, Megan. Uh, Mike? Wilson, you want to take it from here? Sure. Uh, so just like uh, uh, our last event on April 22nd, we'll have the uh, recorded feed uh, available to you. I would encourage you to connect with uh, Mike Alexander or myself, uh, Michael Wilson, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's uh, the easiest spot for you to go and find uh, previous, previously recorded events like this. Uh, or you can email me at mike.wilson at lionstrategy.group if uh, you have any questions or if you would like to um, uh, possibly schedule um, a moment where uh, the Lion Strategy Group team can come in and uh, help your team or your organization. Um, you know, it's always an honor to uh, be able to bring these programs to you. It's an honor to be in a position where we can help uh, just um, um, all of our heroes, you know, and um, we typically have uh, uh, classified them as our first responders or police officers and, and firefighters. But really what we have seen over the last many, many weeks are heroic efforts 
um, from everyone within our society. Uh, we have seen truly uh, what uh, uh, a republic and community and how they're supposed to act. Um, so hopefully the greatest blessing from all of this is that we will carry that forward um, because truly the uh, heroes are each and every uh, uh, person, whether it be in a neighborhood, a city, a state, or a uh, country. So with that, I would just in, encourage you all to um, um, please re reach out if you're struggling with uh, something, reach out to uh, someone, uh, reach out to us. Um, Mike and I, we may not have the answers, but we have great team members, you know, with Dr. Hank, Dr. Uh, Francis, and uh, with uh, Nurse Miller. Um, we can find you um, the resources and the uh, support. So with that, uh, Mike, I'll turn it back over to, to you to close it up. Okay. Well, thank you guys again for your participation in this morning's event. We also want to leave this time, if I, I know our, our time is far spent, but if you have questions, comments, thoughts about the presentation of our three phenomenal panelists, this is your opportunity also to ask those questions. You can either unmute yourself and ask that question, or you could uh, just type that question in one of the three, or myself or Mike will be able to answer that question for you. So feel free to do so at this time. Are there any questions, comments, thoughts? Yeah, there, there was one question that came through. And uh, Megan, this is for you. Do you do the testing that you discussed? Yeah, I see that. Uh, I do. I do all of that testing. Yep. And the test kits uh, can be sent, except for the blood draw, but uh, can be sent directly to your house. And then you just collect your own samples and send them off. Okay. Thank you. Any other uh, questions, if you'd like to ask it, at the very bottom, if you will just scroll your mouse down, you'll see an option to unmute yourself and just unmute and uh, ask away. Diane, what did you like best? <laughs> oh, you gotta unmute yourself. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the top right. <laughs> I got it. Hey. <laughs> oh, what do I like best? Well, I listened to you all the first time, too. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just have to tell you, I can't hear it too often. Oh. I like everything, actually, that I hear. Um, I love, Dr. Hank, what you say about expectations. Yeah. And... Um, Obviously, love my Megan and the, you know the two mics and and Jacqueline, Dr. Jacqueline. You all are just doing something for humanity that we all need. So I guess that's what I like. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, is it uh, Dawn? Hi. Unmute yourself. What did you like best? John and um, 
I just loved it all. I was, I'm like Diane. I visited in on the last meeting too, and I work for a a recovery uh, resource council. But I personally struggle with anxiety and depression, so this has just been phenomenal. And I liked, I love Dr. Hank's positive <laughs> on everything because it is mind over matter so many times. Yeah, yeah. But I also appreciated um, Megan Miller and the things she, when she showed how the gut and all that yeah. goes together. That was very eye-opening. Yeah, isn't yeah. that great? I Love it. I appreciate all y'all do. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, uh, nurse, uh, Megan said um, last time she, she shared with us that our heart actually talks to us more than our mind does. And when you kind of think about that, you think like, wow, if that isn't the case for us, let's listen more to our heart. You know, it can just guide us everywhere that we want. So, that is so true. Those good feelings, you know, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your service. We really appreciate that. And, and, um, uh, and that, it, you know, all of us, uh, it, I, it, when you brought up depression, it reminded me of, of um, I had my, my oldest brother was on one of these and he's always been, you know, my older brother, right? <laughs> you know, he'd maybe tell me a little something nice, but then, you know, have to hit me with something. And um, so he listened for the first time in years, whatever, he listened to it. And so then he called me later and he goes, you know, um, it was very positive message and he's being real serious with me. You know? And uh, and he goes, but, um, you know, you got rosy colored glasses on. And I thought, Oh my goodness, that I love that. He called me. He thought he was being critical and helpful for me to get off those glasses. Right? But what he helped me understand is that, yes, yeah, since what I think about, right, so kind of like what's going through my glass, how am I looking at the outside world? And I love that I'm looking at it through rose colored glasses. Okay. And afterwards, I, I started to think and I realized that. My brother has experienced in his adult life depression most of his adult life. And that's why, because he wanted to, you know, look for, hey, the unwanted, what I call the unwanted, and these things that, you know, he didn't, didn't want. And, hey, you got to be guarded or you got to be careful or whatever. You don't need any of that. You just need to feel good <laughs> and have happy thoughts. So, so know that uh, you can overcome that. I've helped literally thousands of people with depressions, anxiety, whatever, that you can overcome that very easily. And I think maybe... Um, one of the books I have is Your Path um, to uh, Your Royal Path to Riches. And that's how to tap into the subconscious mind. And if you'll just email me that, I'll send you the original manuscript. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's and, goes for anybody. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And doc, Dr. Hang, someone asked how they can obtain a copy of the last recording. If all of you will check your chat box, I've uh, included my LinkedIn link. And if you'll just click on that link, it'll direct you to my LinkedIn page and you'll find the uh, recording, Reducing Anxiety While Enhancing Resiliency. Or you can reach out to, uh, you can email me at mike.wilson at lionstrategy.group. Even if you're trying to reach Dr. Hank or Dr. Francis or 
Nurse Miller, and we'll make sure that we get them in contact with you. Yeah, you can contact any of us, and we'll get you the information. Because we're here to love you and support you. <laughs> Dr. Hank, I, I was just wanted to say your rose-colored glasses to me—that's uh, perceived stress too. That that falls kind of in line with that, uh -huh. and how what we perceive to as stress is more of a stressor to us than our actual stress. So, right. um, I just, that was a thought that I had, and then I just wanted to mention. And a lot of people ask me this question. I think maybe I should probably start putting this out there, but um, because I'm a nurse practitioner, so I am a healthcare provider. So Yes, I provide testing and I can write prescriptions and I pretty, I, I would never compare myself to a doctor, but um, the easiest way to say it is that I really uh, have the authority to do pretty much everything they do other than surgery. So yes, I can prescribe medicines. Yes, I can be uh, your healthcare provider. Um, I just wanted to get that clear because a lot of people ask me those questions. So. Awesome. And Dr. Hank, a question came through. Why is 21 the magic number as it pertains to writing the mantra yeah. that you discussed? Yeah, it's great. It actually is a spiritual uh, uh, formula of his three, uh, mind, body, spirit. And, uh, and you can actually interpret that as mind, heart, God, too. Uh, all uh, those three. So it's three times seven, and seven is a spiritual number, and that equals 21. And those 21 times by just writing that sentence that, there's some magic that happens in that. And again, you don't want to have it as, oh, Dr. Hank's making me write this. and I can't wait to get this exercise done. It's that you should just be writing this, you know, very easily, very uh, lovingly, uh, just embrace it all. I had a lady say, well, I'm going to get my stuff right away. So I'm going to write it 42 times. <laughs> And that's not how this plays, guys. <laughs> we want to be real easy, and it's not about you know, it's about you getting into it. And typically, that 21 times, it takes just another. It takes about a minute before you're really connected to your source and like through breathing too. And so that, that whole thing on you know breathing while you do that, and then you'll see that you'll start coming up with more good feeling thoughts that will help all of us thrive. And just one, one last question, Dr. Hank and all the panel members. Really, if we were to put it in layman's terms, the, the foundation piece is being intentional with our thoughts and not allowing uh, careless thoughts to become word or become action. Is that true? You bet. That, that our word, the reason why our word is so powerful, it's articulated thought. And allowing yourself to feel yeah. emotions and not suppressing them. Suppression of emotion causes disease. And I think allowing ourselves to speak the truth. And in speaking the truth, we can then be mindful and introspective to then change our thoughts if they're negative. But if we aren't aware enough to even survey the landscape of our thoughts or emotions, we can't then empower ourselves to think and speak and live differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. Excellent. All right. Any other questions or comments? Feel free to unmute and uh, uh, we're here for you. All right, so I see a good, a good friend, Teresa Price. 
Uh, Teresa, do you have any thoughts? Hello, everybody. How are you? Um, thank you for calling on me, Mike. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so in working with you and Mike Alexander, it's been a phenomenal experience. And as everybody knows, Dr. Hank is my partner, business partner and good friend. And I have been um, very uh, intensely um, involved in his teachings for about six months. And the mindset, um, the 21 day writings, the prayer and everything that he has taught me has completely changed my life. And I am a, I'm a, just a huge believer in what we think is what we are and what our life becomes. Um, the creation, if you will, of the mindset and the belief system. Um, I'm a, have a psychology background. Um, I've studied people for many years. And um, I think that for health and wellness, for first responders, um, for healthcare professionals, for business owners, is absolutely key. I just don't think that we as human beings can be successful unless we do have the right mindset, unless we are, as you said, Jacqueline, um, um, how did you say it? You said it perfectly. Intentional mindfulness, I think. Intentional, yeah, the intentional mindfulness and staying in the right now. So the anxiety is the worry about the future and depression is the worry about the past. And so mindfulness is thinking right now in very good thoughts and and they just cons they grow as you create them and so that's how i spend my mornings is getting my mindset right reconnecting with god i spend a lot of time with dr hank and <laughs> yes i do i'm very very blessed to to be in, uh, have a business partnership and friendship with him um but boy this stuff works and i can um I can attest to the stress and trauma that first responders go through, healthcare workers go through. So it's even more critical for them. So thank you so much, Mike, Mike, Dr. Hank, um, and all the panel members for, for being here today. Thank you, Teresa. All right, any other closing comments from our panel members or Mike Alexander? I have nothing, Mike. I, again, I just want to echo uh, what everyone is saying. I really appreciate this opportunity to work with the community uh, in this space. Uh, it's so important. I know for me, Dr. Hank has been a blessing for me as well. Um, and working with him around some of the things that he, uh, he does and to get our minds right so that we can focus in the right area. And, and Dr. Hank, as I talk often about my uh, committee members, <laughs> talking about getting rid of those committee members. Bye bye. <laughs> so again, everyone that's on the call still, thank you guys. Uh, and look forward to our next um, session will be our capstone. It's, it's gonna be a phenomenal session. It's coming up in the month of June. The date is still pending. Okay. So again, thank you guys. Please uh, connect. If you'll connect with me on LinkedIn, that's where we'll push out our uh, 
notices of upcoming events, uh, as well as training opportunities throughout uh, the state of Texas and really throughout our uh, country as we do travel outside of the state. If you'd like to uh, join us, um, uh, we're just very uh, uh, honored to serve and uh, I saw a lot of friends in the room and thank you for attending. All right, fantastic. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, everyone. So Thanks. Thank Big you. hug, kiss. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye.